Good evening from a beautiful, beautiful summer day here in our summer night, I guess, at this point in New York City. So I have uh, Sam and we have our trusty intern, Ho Jung, as well here as well, too. I've been meaning to give her a shout out. She's been doing some great work. Um, as always, you can periscope us, which we are actually just getting set up right now. It's very exciting. You know, for all the podcasters who download this days after, they must be like, what is he talking about? I don't understand. I don't get it. But no, we are coming you coming to you live, TalkingAlternative.com. We are Secrets of the Sire. We talk movies, TV, pop culture, everything. And now we were just talking about how... We were going to go full alien. We were going to go full aliens. It's Independence Day coming out this week. I'm actually going to still talk about it, and it's still a good thing to talk about. I mean, I, I, I love the original movie. Um, I loved everything about it, and I don't know if we needed a sequel, but we have one, so we're going to have to just deal with it. But I'm going to talk about my day in New York City and, and why we need to talk about Game of Thrones. This is exactly why we need to talk about Game of Thrones. So I... So we broadcast out of West 72nd Street. It's on uh, 100 and, uh, 125th, 125 West 72nd Street. It's be between Columbus and uh, Amsterdam. Beautiful part of the city, by the way. I always love the Upper West Side. That's always been one of my favorite um, places to go. Welcome all the Periscope peeps. Uh, you can Periscope us at Michael underscore Dolce. You can Facebook Live us. We are on uh, you know slash Secrets of the Sire. So welcome to all the peeps. Um, everyone that joined. We are coming to you live. This is live radio. Um, this is on TalkingAlternative.com. So we are live radio. Um, sometimes the Periscope peeps and the Facebook peeps are like, hey, it's Mike. What's up, man? And I'm like, hey, I'm on live radio. And they're like, oh, I did not know that. So just letting everyone know in advance. So you're actually, you know, you're hearing it. Um, you're streaming it. It's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty awesome. But anyway, so I was in... Um, New York City today, and for once, we actually had a beautiful day when I happened to be in here, as opposed to raining, snowing, sleeting. I mean, when we first started the show in January, uh, I mean, it was, it was a disaster. It was a real disaster. So I actually got my bike out. Um, I met a friend for dinner, and he was hanging out with some, uh, some of his coworkers after work. So I got here about 3 o'clock. It was beautiful, and I had my bike in my car, and I'm like, I need to ride my bike. I've, I've, I'm a big mountain biker. I love it. Um, I mean, mountain biker, road biker, whatever you want to do beautiful out and I said all right I got to do it uh, and it was something that kind of came to me I was like oh, I happen to have my bike in the car let me, let me do it rode down to uh, Barfly on 3rd and 20th awesome awesome area sit down at a table full of teachers now if you've ever sat with a bunch of teachers um, they're going to talk about their students they're going to talk about their classes they're going to talk about you know all that stuff and look it's work related stuff makes sense right so my first question to them was you know trying to jump in the conversation anybody see Game of Thrones on Sunday half the table I mean, just lit up, eyes lighting up. <gasps> it was so epic. Oh, my God. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, you are talking to people who are, you know, talking about the students that are special and talking about the students that are complainers and talking about the parents that may, may give them problems and, and they're talking about their job and then immediately, just 180, all heads turning. That's why we're preempting our Independence Day aliens talk because it's it's just too good. It's just too good. Uh, we have to do it, and that's why we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones, Battle of the Bastards. I, I mean, it, 
truly, truly just one of the best episodes they've ever had. Um, truly one of the most fulfilling episodes that they've ever had. Um, and a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. So before we get into it again, welcome to the Periscope Peeps. I really appreciate you jumping on. We're going to be talking about Game of Thrones. It's TalkingAlternative.com. Uh, welcome to the Facebook Peeps. Uh, you can stream us. Go to Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Secrets of the Sire, we are here every Wednesday, 8.30 Eastern, uh, is brought to you by our Plan 10 Kickstarter. That's right, the sequel to the Ed Wood classic begs the question, why raise the dead to destroy humanity when our cell phone culture is doing a fine job on its own? It's a fun book, a lot of cool pop culture references, unique twists, pits aliens versus humans versus technology. Um, Osiris, the artist who's doing uh, the work on the book, is doing an awesome job. We're going to be launching the Kickstarter July 1st, so you're going to hear about this again next week, and you're going to hear about it all through the month of July. You're going to hear about it through San Diego. And also, just kind of give you guys a little preview coming up. We are going to be having a San Diego Comic-Con preview starting next week. Uh, we got Boom Studios coming on next week. We've got... Um, Aftershock Comics coming on the week after. Uh, we're also looking into getting Zenoscope back on. We're either going to do it there or we're going to do it the week after. It's going to be really, really cool. So, um, Secrets of the Sire brought to you by the Plan 10 Kickstarter. Okay. Game of Thrones. Not since the infamous season four. Now, this this sucks, by the way, because I think Ho-Jung and Sam have not seen Game of Thrones. So I'm totally spoiling this for them, and I apologize. But look, that's part of the job. They just have to get spoiled. So it's just, look, I can't help it. Um, but if anybody else has not seen the episode, it's been four days now, guys. I don't know what it's doing if it's sitting on your DVR. You have got to have seen, you have had to have seen something on this. So I, I, I can't, I, I, you know, I can't hold back. But I'm giving you a three, I'm giving you a two. Giving you a one. Spoilers. All right. Not since episode two of season four, The Lion and the Rose, has Game of Thrones delivered the death fans have been waiting for. Back then it was King Joffrey. We hated King Joffrey. We hated him because he was kind of a brat. We hated him because he chopped off Ned Stark's head. We hated him because he was so totally overmatched as being a king. He was a petulant, spoiled little jerk who tormented Sansa Stark. We hated him. Now, back then, we kind of hated Sansa Stark, too, so we weren't that upset about that. You know, fast forward to Ramsey Bolton. Ramsey Bolton, though, was a bastard who then got recognized by his father, who tormented Sansa Stark and everyone around him. In fact, his crest was the flayed man, the upside-down, cross-hung, uh, flayed man. I mean, he was evil. King Joffrey was, like, evil in a... In a man, I hate that guy, guy kind of way. Ramsey Bolton was like, that guy's just that guy's just evil. Like he just he just evil. Like he's not a good dude. Like, I mean, he he raped his wife on his wedding night after banging his mistress after cutting off Theon Greyjoy's manhood member, turning him into a subjugated uh, slave. I mean, this season he killed his own father, who finally recognized him because he knew he was a threat. He killed his stepmom, and then he fed their newborn son to, to his hounds. Yeah, see, this is, I mean, it's brutal stuff. This guy, we've hated him now. I mean, don't get me wrong. An amazing character, 
an amazing villain. Um, the uh, the actor who plays him, and I'll get his name is uh, is Rion. I mean, it's uh, he's a, he's actually like an Irish singer. He's actually really really a uh, very talented singer. Um, you know, to be honest with you, when you take on a role like this, I almost would worry, right? I mean, this guy is so heinous and so like hated, like ugh, it's terrible. But anyway, um. Yeah, no, he was just dying to die. We were waiting for him, and we got our wish. It's Battle of the Bastards. Um, and it was it was amazing. So before we even get into the death, let's talk about the battle. Um, and let's give a shout-out to one of my favorites who bit the dust this week. And this is why Game of Thrones is so good, and this is why Sam and Ho-Jung, you have to go binge-watch this show. It's amazing. Um, we lost The Last Giant of Winterfell. We lost 1-1. That was his name. Uh, I didn't actually know his name until this week, but I knew who he was. He was a giant. And when we learned of the giant, he was a wildling, still was a wildling, but he was an enemy of Jon Snow. He was an enemy of everyone uh, in Westeros. He was... Uh, everything was... Um, you know, he, he, was, he was a bad guy. Uh, he was with the bad guys. The wildlings were bad guys. Through the course of three seasons now, the wildlings are now our friend. We count on the wildlings. We count on the wildlings to fight the zombies that are coming. The White Walkers, they're coming. They're going to be here. We're counting on the wildlings to be there. We're counting on the wildlings now to step up and regain Jon Snow's homeland and regain Sansa Stark's homeland. I mean, 1-1 now was a giant assaulting the wall. There was two of them. They killed one of them in that assault. And we were rooting against, we were rooting for the Night's Watch to defeat 1-1 two seasons ago. Fast forward two seasons later, and 1-1 is the force that helps Jon Snow regain his homeland. And, and that's the beauty of Game of Thrones, and that's why it's so great. You have these iconic characters that, that they create. Their villains at one point completely flipped the script. Jamie Lannister, another one. Season one, he's pushing Bran Stark out the window because he sees that he is... Bran Stark witnesses um, some little incest going on um, that would obviously destroy everything that's happening in the kingdom. And obviously, if anybody who's watched it, they know why and all that stuff. I'm not going to get into it. You know, fast forward four seasons later, Jamie Lannister has his hand cut off. Jamie Lannister is completely beaten, broken, and reborn. And now... We love Jamie Lannister. I, I don't know anybody that doesn't love him. So that's the beauty of the show. 1-1 one, one is, is exactly like that. He died heroically. He basically sacrificed his body uh, to, to help Jon Snow, who was his mortal enemy two seasons ago. I mean, absolutely gripping. And of course, who kills them is Ramsay Bolton. Oh, arrow right through the eye. After this guy, uh, I'm, I'm entertaining Sam here, just kind of giving a little recap. After he beats down the door to get in you know back into the into their homeland and Jon Snow gives him a look like you did it man you did it you're my brother I love boom arrow in his eye done Ramsey Bolton oh my god so yes so the battle was epic the battle was I mean we're, we're already up against the break I haven't even gone into the battle the battle is epic it was movie like Ramsey Bolton effectively wins but then Sansa Stark kind of turns the tables on him we know what happens there um, we're not going to get into that necessarily, but holy cow, unbelievable. We're going to get into more when we come back. Uh, we're going to talk more about the battle. We're going to talk more about just how great it was to see Ramsey Bolton die. Uh, and then we're going to get into a little romance that was uh, brewing in a little subplot there. I hope you all caught it. And yet another reason why 
Game of Thrones is just, it's just awesome. Like, it's just awesome. You can't, there's nothing better on TV, right? I defy anyone to call in, which you can. Call no, call numbers 877-480-4120. You can Periscope us. You can comment through Periscope at Michael underscore Dolce. We are also streaming through Facebook. Uh, so you can join us on Facebook slash Secrets of the Sire Give me your comments. We've got some comments from people we're going to go into as well, you know, as well too. And we're going to ask the question, is Game of Thrones giving too many feel-good moments this season? Uh, that's, that's not enough for me. When we come back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. Are you concerned about epilepsy, autism, or diabetes? Are you interested in alternative treatments, the impact of health, or new therapies? Then tune into my show, Frank About Health. I'm Frank Harrison, the host. Tune in on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc, where you learn more about these illnesses, treatments, the social impacts, and create a dialogue with each other. That's Frank About Health, Thursdays, 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. We are here every week. We talk comics, movies, TV, music, and pop culture every Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com. We periscope the heck out of the show at Michael underscore Dolce, D-O-L-C-E, like Dolce and Gabbana. We stream it on our Facebook page, slash Secrets of the Sire. We've got a few viewers right now. Uh, You can also call in anytime. In fact, we encourage it. Uh, let your opinion be heard. We're calling 877-480-4120. That's 877-480-4120. And we have our Game of Thrones expert who is calling in. She's my wife, Christina Dolce. Hello, Christina. Hi. <laughs> you, are, you are live on TalkingAlternative.com. But you're my Game of Thrones expert, and I'm going to give a little backstory. You read all the books. You know everything about the family lineage. When we watch, we watch, it's our Sunday night thing. We watch Game of Thrones, and we go through everything, and I'm like, who's that? Who's that? Well, that's this person. That's this person. Oh, that's that person. That's that person. There's a lot. Believe you me, Sam Hojung, there is a lot. But my wife, uh, uh, depth, depth, depthly? Is that even a word? Indepthly? I don't know. She knows everything. So how great was the battle? Let's talk about the battle. Oh, my God. I was having heart palpitations the whole time. I swear to God, I almost threw up my dinner. I was like, 
sitting on the couch, grabbing the cushions, like hyperventilating. I was like so claustrophobic over that whole battle scene, but it was epic. And that pile of bodies, oh my God, so gory, but like amazing. Like there were thousands and thousands of soldiers on that pitch. And then to have that pile of bodies and to be fighting over that pile of bodies, like so oh, to give a little to, Lord of the Rings, yeah, easy. to give a little to give a little more perspective to anyone who might not have seen it or or is curious, uh, there was so many deaths that it, the bodies literally piled up into a wall, and that was actually part of Ramsey Bolton's plan. The plan was to box them in, and then he sent his soldiers to further surround Jon Snow's army. Until they basically couldn't move and they were basically just squeezing them tighter and tighter. And they were supposed to win until... Oh, you want me to... Oh, man. Sansa, <laughs> that girl, that's my queen right there. She comes riding in with Littlefinger. That's going to cost something, I'm telling you right now. They save the day, but Littlefinger's not going to let her get away without... That's going to have a high cost, I'll bet you. Twitter is blowing up over it. There are a bunch of people. If you guys are on Twitter, you've got to check out the hashtag Thrones, y'all. Terrible. <laughs> like, these people have the funniest things to say. They catch the little moments in the show that sometimes we miss because the dialogue can be a little low. And some of these points that these people bring up, I mean, crazy. But, yeah, Sansa just, she is playing the game. She went from that, like, you're boiling everything, girl, in the first season to really, like, She's running things right now. I mean, a lot of people made comments about the fact that the women of Westeros are doing what the men effectively can't. Daenerys is running, <laughs> you know, Bravo mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and Marine. Um, Sansa is coming back and taking back Winterfell. Uh, Arya, with her whole story arc, is definitely, I mean, amazing. And um, you have, oh, I'm blanking on the name, Marguerite Tyrell in the city, and she's planning some stuff, too. So it's amazing to see that these the strong female characters in the Game of Thrones um, universe right now, as well as like getting the job done that the man can't do. So here's the <laughs> no one offense, thing, honey. though: You're very good at your none job, taken, none taken. But this is the best part about Game. It. This is the best part about Game of Thrones, though, is just when you think you know who is winning the board and who is winning the game, it's going to completely flip. So yes, right now. Everything is female dominated. I mean, maybe Tyrion is is the uh, is the closest to uh, maybe being the the, the best. Uh, no, Jon Snow. You got Jon Snow. He's being a hero, so he's probably the closest male that is in any kind of shape to play the game. But that doesn't mean it's it's going to stay this way. Um, but you brought up a really interesting point, and this is something that we talked about, and you kind of you kind of didn't catch it at first, but it's also blowing up Twitter, which is the Daenerys-Yara interaction, where all of a sudden, a uh, little, little, little romance might happen there. A little uh, little, little uh, female on female, two queens running the show kind of thing going on. I ship it. It's totally cool. That's actually the funny thing. They, uh, the internet itself is shipping it right now. So some of, some of the... Uh, I, I pulled up a couple Twitter... Um, Comments here. Uh, when Greyjoy, when Yara Greyjoy starts flirting with Daenerys, and Daenerys likes it, and they used a meme of Daniel Bryant from uh, WWE screaming, "Yes, yes, yes." Um, <laughs> there is another one. I'm not saying that Daenerys and Yara should share the Iron Throne as wife and wife, but I'm also not saying that they shouldn't. You feel me? Uh, there's another one. The sexual tension between uh, Daenerys and Yara is giving me life. 
People were feeling it, so I was not I was not crazy when I pointed it out. So give our audience um, a, a, just a little bit of um, not history. I'm going to go with insight. I'm going to go insight into the little finger Sansa um, move. The first question I have for you is um, why didn't she tell Jon Snow that she was reaching out to Littlefinger? And B, what do you think it's going to cost her? I mean, that's big. That's a big question that's all over Twitter right now, too. A lot of, and BuzzFeed has been writing articles. They have a ex- like, couple of experts that write up the Game of Thrones episodes. Everybody wants to know why Sansa did not mention this to Jon Stark, Jon Stark, Jon Snow, because this is a game changer. Like, if he waited another, what, how long was that battle, you think? I mean, it seemed pretty long on screen. But, I mean, if he waited another day, he would have had maybe enough troops to defeat Ramsay. And it was interesting also because the fact that she didn't tell him, you don't know, Ramsey might have changed his strategy. He might not have had all his troops out, which was a bonehead move by him. Like, who leaves the capital unprotected? Well, stupid. hang on, so, hang on, hang on. I'm going to interject. I'm going to interject, though. He basically won, and Sansa changed the game completely. So, you know, it seems like a bonehead move now because he has no troops there, but that... I mean, you know, how could he have seen that? He had no idea. He underestimated, well, okay, he underestimated Sansa. He didn't know that was going on. But if I'm Ramsey Bolton, I'm actually kind of like pissed. I'm like, and you could see it in his eyes when Littlefinger's army uh, is coming to save the day. He's like, you gotta be kidding me. He's like, I did it. I beat Jon Snow. I beat every enemy I've faced. I've killed everyone. And now it's like, he's like, oh, snap. He also, in a way, knew his time had come, though. Like, oh, well, yeah, at that point. He was very calm. And, like, I mean, even when Jon Snow rushed the castle, one one broke down the door, like, he's like, I'm just going to shoot you with the bow and arrow. Like, why didn't he take a sword out? Like, where was the rest of his army? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, picture it as a game of capture the flag. Like, you don't leave the flag unguarded. <laughs> but that's the thing. And someone actually commented on Twitter, like, even in death, he's an arrogant SOB. Like, that's somebody said that. They're like, even in death, like, he is... You know, and and that actually, you know, consistent character all the way to the end, right? I mean, he's facing off against Sansa in the dungeon. Uh, and again, I feel bad for Sam because he's going to watch Game of Thrones at some point, but he'll forget this bro- he'll forget this broadcast until he sees it and he goes, oh, yeah, that's what we were talking about. But even in death, he looks at Sansa and he's like, my hounds won't eat me, even though I've starved them for seven days. And I keep repeatedly mentioning the fact that I've starved them and I'm going to feed them to my enemies. And now it turns out he gets fed to him in the very end. But he's an arrogant guy. So, I mean, it, it fits his character, right? Absolutely, yeah. So how, how, how satisfying was it that he, that he bit the dust? Oh, so satisfying. I remember the week before when we, we saw what the episode title was going to be in the, uh, the preview, I was like, he gets it. Either the dogs or the direwolves. <laughs> it's going to be one or the other. Because I yeah, no, and, and that's true. I, there's no question. Look, he, his time did come. In fact, I mean, the, art, the, um, the actor who plays him, you know, even said, uh, even said as much. He said in a recent interview, you know, I think it kind of goes, uh, it's kind of right how he goes down because what else is he going to do after this? He's done so many things. It's justified. It's the right thing to do. It's the right path. He's reached his peak. It's nice for the audience that he goes out on this high. He actually calls it like a high note, um, you know, in that sense. And for him, it actually is. I mean, he's, you know, ironically enough, I did some research on him. He's a very talented singer. Um, His name is uh, Rion. I don't have his last name handy, but um, all right. Real quick question. Last question for you. And thank you for calling in. And anyone else can call in if they'd like to. It's 877-480-4120. 
Um, so, Christina, last question that I have for you. When Sansa and Bolton, Ramsey, are kind of having their last moment together, uh, he kind of says to her, he says, I'm inside you now. Fans have kind of speculated, what does that mean exactly? Now, I mean, look, they were husband and wife, uh, unwilling wife, unwilling participant wife, as the big rape scene that happened last season was, I mean, very controversial, very bad. Um, but does it mean that Sansa is now more like Ramsay? Because she's definitely acting that way, right? I mean, she's definitely acting more villain. She's acting more player. Does it mean she's pregnant? Does he think that she's pregnant? I mean, that... That's got to be a dilemma. You, you kind of wonder what's going to happen. Or is it a combination of both or, or neither? What do you think? Oh, there's a lot of speculation out there. I mean, I believe, I think his exact words were, I'm, I'm a part of you now. You know, and so, so there's been a lot of speculation. Like, a lot of people are like, please, Tommy Sands is not pregnant. There are people that are like, if she is, there's no way she's keeping that baby. There are other people that are speculating, like you're speculating that, um, yeah, it, it, with as far as character development, she is playing the game, you know, like she has mm-hmm. now taken this piece of him, you know, and internalized it and realized she's got to play by these rules to win. I mean, look how fast she abandoned Rickon. She was like, we have to go. He has our brother. And then like the next episode, she was like, he's dead, basically. Don't yeah. worry about him. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, like a lot of people have questions about that too. Why is she telling John, we have to go, we have to save Rickon. But like, then the minute the battle comes, she's like, don't, yeah, forget Rickon. He's, he's dead. You know, like, people are speculating that she's playing the game as well to get herself Winterfell because nobody can protect her and she doesn't feel safe. So, who knows what her role is going to be. I mean, Jon Snow, too. Like, you know, Ramsay, like you said, it, it was time for his character to go. What else could he have done in the story? The grand scheme of things, it's called Game of Thrones, and it's a song of fire and ice. So, eventually, we're going to have to deal with the walkers. Eventually, the dragons are going to be involved. And it's all over this throne that's in King's Landing. So everything is trying to lead up to that point. So when you look at these characters, you say, you know, are they going to be, it's like American Idol. Are you going to be <laughs> at the end of American Idol? Like, except except in Ameri- American Idol, you get booted. Like, there's got to be a lead up yeah, to uh, that big epic battle of fire and ice. And then somebody is going to sit on that throne. The only thing, the only difference is, though, you just get Simon Cowell like yelling at you on American Idol. Like here, you get like beheaded, <laughs> or like castrated, or something horrible always ends up happening to whoever looks like they're in the lead, uh, with the exception of uh, Daenerys. Um, Absolutely, Christina Dolce, my Game of Thrones expert. Thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> okay, when we return, is Game of Thrones giving away too much happiness? Now, this is the first season that George R.R. R. Martin has actually been lapped um, in terms of the TV show outwriting the book. Is Game of Thrones off the rails? Uh, one one uh, article writer thinks so when we come back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, 
Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. Are you looking for a show where people talk about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Well, then you have come to the right place because The Rob and Callie Show is doing just that. For the last 10 years, Rob and I have been having our own version of Sunday morning therapy sessions on the phone, and now we're bringing it to the radio. So tune in and call in live Wednesdays, 8 to 8.30 on talkradio.myc. And that's Eastern Standard Time, so join us. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. We're here every week. We're talking comics, movies, TV, music, and pop culture today. We're talking TV. We're talking Game of Thrones. We will talk Independence Day, Resurgence. We will talk a little Ancient Aliens. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal my Ancient Aliens drinking game um, that my wife also actually um, invented with us, um, I would say, uh, because we, we, we drank together while we watched Ancient Aliens, and that's how we came about it. But uh, we're wrapping up our Game of Thrones talk. Epic, epic, epic. Uh, episode Battle of the Bastards season finale coming up um, and the season finale is going to be coming this week and there's so many questions there's just so many questions that have to be answered but uh, but quite frankly um, the season's been great before we get into one uh, article writer who I, I thank um, Ron Carroll who's a follower of the show and he's a friend of mine and he um, he actually brought my attention to this um, whether or not Game of Thrones has actually jumped the shark because we're now past um, George R. R. Martin's books. Uh, just want to get into one other reason why. I th- First of all, I think that's crazy, and this is why I think it's crazy. Everything on Game of Thrones is so deliberately done, and it's, so, it's done in such a way that from a writer's perspective, I, I don't know if... If, like, the everyday person actually realizes it. So one of the things that we talked about, and I talked about it with my wife, Christina, who was on, uh, was the fact that um, Yari, uh, Yara and um, Daenerys definitely had a moment. There's no question they had a moment. They had a moment where as two powerful females who are trying to basically rule their respective lands. Daenerys, you know, is trying to rule the entire respective land. And, uh, you know, Yara is supposed to try to just get her homeland back. She's trying to get... Um, She's trying to get her Iron Islands back. So they share this look and they share this really, really great exchange. And it comes with, uh, you know, Yara kind of saying like, okay, you know, my uncle Euron is coming. He's very evil. He wants to basically partner up with you, give you all his ships. And in return, he's going to bang you and then he's going to kill you. And, (laughs) you know, uh, Daenerys' response is, I imagine your offer is free of any marriage demands. Um, and, um, then Yara coyly responds, I never demand, but I'm up for anything. And she shoots her back a look and Daenerys kind of smiles. Like she takes it. She's like, Oh, Hey, look at this. You know, and even like Amelia Clark, the actress who plays Daenerys, you know, she's like when the question of a possible coupling for the two strong female leaders was posed to her, she kind of joked, Oh, another badass chick in the place. There's flirtation. It's exciting. And she says, bring on the ladies. Why not? 
So here's why it works, right? We've actually talked about this on the show before, and it's, it's a really interesting point, right? We had Brian Bish on. You can actually go to our SoundCloud account, soundcloud.com slash Secrets of the Sire. It was an episode or two ago. We talked about social media's impact. We talked about diversity's impact. We talked about... You know, things being done to satisfy diversity, right? Like, we need lesbian characters. We need bisexual characters. We need gay characters. We need black characters. We need white characters. We need Latino. We need every diversity. And it makes you sit there and say, well, is this the story? Or is this, you know, pandering to some sort of demand that's out there? Some sort of, you know, Game of Thrones, there's never a question. Case in point, I mean, you have... Marjorie Tyrell's brother, for example, was a closeted gay, put on a public face of heterosexuality to his uh, family, for his family, to carry on the line. He was gladly going to take a bride and publicly look like he was heterosexual to keep the line going, because that's politics and that's family. Uh, meanwhile, he was, you know, he was banging his, uh, his young male, you know, aides, his helpers, his assistants, and, and look, he was doing his thing, right? And, it, and at first you look at it and go, oh my God, that's, you know, boy, they're showing wieners and South Park does this amazing episode, this spoof wiener, 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 and you can't help but, I can't help but actually watch the Game of Thrones uh, opening without saying wiener, 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 because South Park, go, go look it up, it's amazing, it really is. Um, but, so we, you know, we see this thing, but it comes back to bite him, why? He's been in prison the last year and a half now because religious zealots take over King's Landing and imprison him for his behavior. They trap Marjorie into, into admitting it, Cersei, you know, kind of manipulating everything. So what, what might on the surface be shock value was actually laying the grounds for story. Theon Greyjoy, womanizer, couldn't find a woman he didn't want to bang. Kind of like a spoiled, arrogant, uh, adopted son of Winterfell and... What ends up happening? He ends up getting, well, he ends up getting his member chopped off because he can't resist the ladies. I mean, okay, look, Ramsey Bolton imprisoned him and kind of, you know, drew on his, on his love of women, but, you know, he basically did it. And again, shock value, yes. Was it shocking in, I think it was season two or season three when this happens? Uh, absolutely shocking. But what does it end up doing? It actually ends up leading to Yara, his sister, now being the one vying for the throne of the Ironborn Islands. It has a direct cause and effect. It's not just, let's come up with the most sadistic thing we can think of to happen to this character. No, it has like these long-lasting ramifications. You're not going to find that in another TV series. So in episode 8 of this season, it was casually revealed that Yara's sexuality was lesbian. Or maybe bisexual, we're not exactly sure. My wife actually thinks bisexual. Whatever. She is seen kind of making out with a prostitute... And ba basically saying, I'm going to, you know, I forget the, the exact quote, but she, you know, she's, I'm going to give, I'm going to go off and give this one, you know, a turn. And it's like, oh, she's a lesbian. Okay. You know, and again, in any other show, you might sit there and go, oh, well, they needed a lesbian character. So now they have a lesbian character. And I guess that's what it is. Or it might be, oh, well, I guess they wanted to shock us. I guess they wanted to surprise us. At this point, for, forget it. Six seasons in, we're not surprised by any of it because, uh, you know, nudity, sex, graphic violence. I mean, look, it has it all. It's, it's had it from day one. So, uh, you know, we're not surprised in that sense. But it served a purpose of now setting up the next episode where Daenerys and Yara are flirting. And all of a sudden, it makes total sense. Oh, well, we know she's into women, and now she's shooting Daenerys a look, and hey, Daenerys is actually liking it. And the way she acted in episode eight 
leads into why you might think Daenerys might actually go for her in season seven or season or maybe in the season finale. You know, there might be some interaction there. And it's not, you know, at no, no point are we, again, are we thinking like, this is weird. This is out of character. This is not. No, it's perfectly set up. That's how good they are. There is no second of screen time wasted. There is nothing. There's no wasted scenes. There's no wasted moments. There's no wasted minutes on Game of Thrones. Everything matters toward the story. And that's why it's as good as, 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 good as it is. Now, uh, Ron Carroll actually brought it up and pointed it out. Is there too much feel-good moments going on? Someone actually asked that. Um, you know, and I wrote, look, as for, for every feel-good moment we've had now, we've had Ramsey Bolton die. We've had, uh, you know, lots of really, you know, really good stuff. We've had Hodor die. We've had Rickon dying. Uh, I mean, we've had, you know, one one who was my, uh, you know, turned into one of my favorites. This guy was like the gentle giant. He was great. I mean, he wasn't gentle. I mean, he ripped somebody in half last episode. But, you know, so for every, every, um, you know, feel-good moment i mean maybe we're just used to not having feel-good moments so maybe the one or two that do happen feel like they're like extraordinarily different than everything else we've experienced so fred muller actually commented in uh weiss and benoff are talented and we should greatly appreciate the transition um I agree. I agree 100%. Basically, this article said that it has jumped the shark now because George R. R. Martin, his books are no longer there. They're not laying the blueprint. Arya should never have lived a few episodes ago. Look, I agree. She got stabbed in the stomach a bunch of times. I'm not sure exactly how she lived. I do. Like, I can't disagree with that. But George R. R. Martin is one of the producers. George R. R. Martin gave them an outline of everything that's supposed to happen in the books. They're executing his vision. They're executing his vision. So... I can't I can't say they're jumping the shark. And quite frankly, the season's been awesome. Yes, Jon Snow came back from the dead. Yes, we ended up seeing Ramsay Bolton die. Honestly, that's two feel-good moments in an entire show where we've had the entire lead cast be slaughtered in one episode and completely turning the table on everything. We've had the the star of the show in season one getting beheaded by before the season's even over. I'll take a few feel-good moments. And look, 1-1. One, one. Pour a glass out for 1-1. One, one. The guy was the man. All right. We're going to turn our attention instead from Game of Thrones, but you can still chime in. We're at Periscope, at Michael underscore Dolce, D-O-L-C-E. You can find me on Twitter. Same thing. Um, you can always catch these uh, these downloads um, on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Uh, we, we, we turn it into a great podcast, so look for that every Friday, Secrets of the Sire. We've had a few more uh, viewers on our Facebook page, slash Secrets of the Sire, S-I-R-E. We're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk about Independence Day. So Independence Day is coming out, right? And the question I kind of ask is, you know, was this movie really even necessary? It's Independence Day Resurgence. Now... I'm going to give you the pro and the con, and we're going to spill into the next segment, obviously, because I think we're going to really be talking about this. The pro side of having Independence Day Resurgence, I, you know, seeing the trailers, the trailers look pretty cool. I, I'm not going to lie. They look really cool, right? Uh, I also like the fact that they have this foundation that's kind of been built off of, so they're trying to turn this into like an IP, like an actual intellectual property that might spawn other sequels, kind of like a Starship Troopers, but except, you know, a franchise of some kind. So I can't fault them for doing it, right? But nothing is going to beat that iconic shot of the White House getting blown up in 1996, right? I mean, and in a way, if this movie bombs, which I kind of think it will, 
maybe not box office bomb. I don't care if it bombs at the box office. I just don't want it to, to suck. I don't want it to be like Indiana Jones. I don't want it to be like the Star Wars prequels where, you know, you kind of, you have this beautiful, perfect film. 1996, Independence Day, when, you, when we see that Super Bowl commercial and it's the White House getting blown up, we're like, holy crap, I've never seen anything like this. And you get into it, and Will Smith is at the height of his career. Jeff Goldblum is at the height of his resurgence, mind you. He was kind of a flop before Independence Day. or Not a flop, sorry. He, his, his career was, a, was, was on the downside before Independence Day. You had Judd Hirsch, you had Bill Pullman, you had Vivica A. Fox. Yeah, you had Vivica A. Fox. I mean, look, you had all these guys. Like, this was a perfect movie. This was, when I watched this with my friends on opening night to a packed theater... I mean, we were cheering. We were celebrating. Like, I mean, there were people high-fiving when we finally, when we took the aliens down. There were some plot holes. Don't get me wrong. The virus plot. Look, there was. But it doesn't matter. It was a spectacle. It's what going to the movies was all about. I know it's 20 years later. Did we really need this? I don't know. So, my, my, my proponent for it, yes. Good idea. Try to build a franchise. Let's see what happens. You have a good foundation. Okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna upset that. Um, downsides for doing it right okay we talked about the downsides of doing it id4 the original one came at the height of x-files roswell uh, roswell was actually and this is now kind of bridging back into ancient aliens which we'll kind of talk about in the next segment a little bit you know roswell was still kind of being like uncovered i mean it was it was you had in 1996 you had this building momentum of the x-files brought the attention back to roswell brought the alien conspiracy people the government conspiracy people i mean you just you had this perfect storm where the writers and roland emmerich the director kind of said hey we've got this they, we've got this possible real life mythology already built in we've got this possible real life you know when the scientist says like that's not entirely true when, uh, you know, when Bill Pullman's like, there are no aliens. What are you talking about? There was no Roswell. He's like, uh, not entirely true. Everyone in the crowd was so kind of familiar with it at that point, but not in a tired kind of way. Not in a, well, we've heard this before kind of way. It was new to them, um, but it was established. There was, I mean, it was just, it just worked so brilliantly. So when we come back, we're actually going to segue into Ancient Aliens. I'm going to give you my Ancient Aliens drinking game. So stay tuned if you're, if you're actually uh, watching us on Facebook slash Secrets of the Sire, S-I-R-E, or if you're streaming us on Periscope. Well, I'm not actually going to drink. I did that earlier today. I'm not going to do that here. I'll drink my tea, but I'll give you the Ancient Aliens drinking game. But I'll also talk about why Ancient Aliens is another reason why this movie should never have been made. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. TalkingAlternative.com
We are back. Secrets of the Sire. Secrets of the Sire is brought to you by our very own Kickstarter. We're going to be launching myself and uh, creator James Massia, artist Osiris. We're going to be launching a Kickstarter called Plan 10 from Outer Space. It's the sequel to the classic Ed Wood bomb, the, the worst movie ever made. We're going to come up with a sequel. We're going to actually uh, ask the question, you know, why raise the dead to destroy humanity when our cell phone culture is doing a pretty good job on its own. It's got a lot of great pop culture references. It's a quirky story. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you can go to our Plan 10 Kickstarter. It is facebook.com slash plan 10, the number 10 from outer space. We're going to talk about it more next week as well, too. We're going to do our San Diego Comic-Con preview. I'm going to be in San Diego. I'm actually, and Sam hates this because he thinks calling in is the worst sound quality possible, but I'll be calling in from San Diego uh, July 20th. So the July 20th show, I will actually be calling in from San Diego uh, from the Comic-Con. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff. So we were talking about Independence Day 4, or sorry, Independence Day Resurgence, ID4 uh, Resurgence, whether or not it was necessary. Obviously, I don't think it really is. Um, but another reason why it's not really necessary is just the time period in 1996 with the alien story. 20 years later, you know, aliens are now big business, okay? Aliens, conspiracy theories, all that stuff, they are money-making big business. So it's no more a question of are aliens real. I, 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 whether or not they are or not, majority of Americans believe they are. Uh, majority of Americans believe in UFOs, and not just Americans, people across the world. Um, you know, is it misinformation from the government? Is it, you know, alien conspiracies? I don't know. I, I look, the, at the end of the day... You know, if you'd asked me 20 years ago, I would have said aliens, definitely, no, no, no question about it. But now kind of watching a show called Ancient Aliens, which I loved originally. I actually loved the premise of Ancient Aliens. I thought Ancient Aliens was amazing and it was like showing all this like historical stuff uh, and, and saying like aliens had been with us for years and centuries. And if you read the Bible, I mean, a lot of stuff there could be could be interpreted. What's that? Zachariah Stitchin. Zachariah Stitchin, yeah. Yep, yep. I mean, all that stuff, uh, Sitchin. But there's, but now there's been movies and and there's been documentaries saying how crazy Ancient Aliens is and how it's pseudoscience. It's not real. But regardless of of whether it is or not, and I don't, and I, to be honest with you, I'm now favoring that because, quite frankly, Ancient Aliens when they first started had a counterpoint. Um, they used to bring on at least one guy and be like, eh, it might not be aliens. Now they're like, no, everything's aliens. David Childress on that show. If you guys watched Ancient Aliens. David Childress makes me want to scream at the at the at the at the screen because everything out of his mouth is well, it's gotta be, uh, you know, the pyramids of Egypt and my mailbox, aliens. It's gotta be extraterrestrials. Uh, ancient Albert Einstein couldn't possibly have come up with a theory. Gotta be ancient. It's gotta be extraterrestrials. Is it possible that extraterrestrials are behind every single event that known to man? I think it is. And he's crazy. Like he's bat. He's just batty crazy. All right. Uh, or he's making a huge buck, which is basically what they're kind of doing. Now, the ringleader of Ancient Aliens is Giorgio Tsoukalos. I actually love him, though. And I love him because what he does, though, he does not make outlandish statements. He doesn't. He actually sits there and says, is it possible this could be it? I don't think it is, but it is possible. You know, he kind of, he, he tempers his stories. There's one guy, I forget who it is, Whitlocker, uh, I don't know who, which one he is. That guy's out of his mind, too. There's just like three or four guys that are just completely out of their mind. You know, where they're just like, when we, when, you know, it's like a definitive, like, it's extraterrestrials. They've been here, the blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, you know, this and that, there's evidence or non-evidence. Uh, Ancient Aliens is big business. History Channel basically has like been saved by Ancient Aliens. I mean, it's ten seasons later, they're just they're they're they're, they're reaching. First of all, um, 
they're having an alien con, a convention for ancient aliens. And I actually wrote Ancient Aliens, the Alien Con Twitter feed, and I thought, and I wrote History Channel, and I said, this doesn't quite feel right. And they, they actually wrote back to me, and they're like, I don't understand why, what's wrong with an Alien Con. And I, and I just wrote back to them. I said, look, I think it's a little exploitive. I think it's, uh, you know, it, it, oh, there's a lot of people out there that don't want to do the research, and they don't want to look into things, and they just accept things on face value. And, and at first, when it, Ancient Aliens was on History Channel, I was like, History Channel, to me, as a brand was someone to be respected. And so I think AlienCon actually just further diminishes the History Channel brand. Look, they're not reliable. They're just throwing you know stuff up there. Look, their job is to make money. I totally get it. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, easy there. Do I believe in extraterrestrials? I do. Do I believe in UFOs? I do. Is some of the ancient alien theory possible? I think it is. Uh, but quite frankly, the shows have just gotten so crazy. Now, one great thing about it, though, is the Ancient Aliens drinking game. So here is the Ancient Aliens drinking game. So if you guys are at home, uh, my wife and I came up with this, and our friends Ashley and Jack and her brother Anthony, and, uh, you know, I think uh, I think that was the... the oh, and Roommate Steve, because we had Roommate at the time. Uh, roommate Steve, also, we had this... I think it was actually me, my wife, and Roommate Steve, for the most part. Ashley and Jack, we kind of, like, tur- you know, turned them on to this. So anytime the narrator says... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anytime the narrative says ancient alien theorists suggest any, anytime ancient alien theorists is mentioned you have to drink okay that is a definitive um there's nothing else, there, there's no doubt about it okay um anytime they use the word possible you have to drink is it possible that aliens could be real yes i think it is drink now the double whammy is is when the narrator says, is it possible that aliens came down and invented the pyramids? Ancient alien theorists say yes. See, that's like a double, that's a double shot right there. That is a double shot right there. Finally, the last thing, because quite frankly, just those two things alone will get you completely, completely wasted. Um, we have, anytime George Sukulos makes it on screen, you have to finish your beer. Okay? So, it's nice. He's not on all the time, and he's not on... You know, and they've actually kind of kind of tapered him down a little bit. For anybody who doesn't know, he's the one with the crazy hair who says aliens. He's great, though. I actually think he's great. I do. He's the executive producer, by the way, too. He's the one that invented Ancient Aliens. This guy, they, they, they label him as the publisher of um, Legendary Times, right? That's his, that's his, like, byline. Do you know what that is? That was his college newsletter. Ithaca College, baby. Awesome. Hey, look, I got nothing but respect for that guy because that guy is awesome. I do want to meet him. I might actually go to AlienCon. They invited me as an artist to, to get a table. It's in Vegas. I might, I might, I might have to do that. Um, but that is our Ancient Aliens drinking game. Uh, send me. I'd love to hear your, your Ancient Alien drinking game. Please um, send it to um, facebook.com slash secrets of the sire. I'm going to post a little post. I'm going to pin it there. Give me your Ancient Aliens drinking game. Everyone's got one um, who who is a fan of the show. It's awesome. All right, we're going to spin the racks real quick while we've got a little bit of time as well, too. Suicide Squad made a little news this week. Suicide Squad is, is, you know, it's, look, it's two months away. DC is really trying to to push this. Uh, But David Ayer, 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 I never get that pronunciation right, whichever one it is, the director of the movie, he's Basically, this is basically a Harley Quinn movie now, isn't it? I mean, that's essentially what it is, right? I mean, you have Will Smith, uh, who is a bankable movie actor, playing just someone totally unknown. Jai Courtney has fronted movies before. Yep, Jared Leto playing the Joker. 
Uh, he's more of a wild card, no pun intended. He's more of uh, kind of like an ace in the hole in that sense. But this is heavily now being marketed as a Harley Quinn movie. Like, there's no question about it. And Harley Quinn is actually going to get her own sort of spinoff. But the funny thing is, is I feel like this is her movie. I don't, I don't see it any other way. Um, Suicide Squad is still, you know, two months away from dropping, but they just released a new movie poster. I don't know if you guys saw it. It's really cool. Um, you know, definitely a, a really cool thing. But again, who's front and center is Harley Quinn. She's actually kind of slightly above the Joker and Will Smith, who's uh, who's up there. I mean, look, it's a great trifecta. Margot Robbie was f- sensational in Wolf of Wall Street. Um, I couldn't didn't didn't really dig her in focus. Not didn't I just didn't dig the movie to be honest with you. Um, the trailer, the movie trailer, um, for Suicide Squad that came. Uh, I think it was during Batman versus Batman v Superman. I mean, it was it was basically very Harley Quinn centric. But you know, we we know the movie has reshoots going on. We know that you know there's been some tumultuous you know little tales, uh, and we also know there's a lot of pressure on this movie to perform. So turning it into a Harley Quinn movie, you know, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. Maybe it's maybe it'll do well. Who knows? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. So we've, we've covered a lot in this show. I mean, we've really run the gamut. But And again, we were really going to go full alien. We're going to really talk into ancient aliens. I was really trying to get those ancient aliens guys on the show. I will continue to do so. We'll, we'll get them on at some point. I do love the show. I don't want to be like a hater. I'm not trying to be a hater. I actually think it's a great show. And um, it's entertaining. But, you know, when you have the facts, the, when, when they lost me was when... So there's a, there's a monument down in Florida called Coral Castle. So if you've never been there... It's down. It's it's like past Miami. Uh, I forgot the exact town that it's in. Um, that's what happens when I do a, a nightly show. If this is the morning, I could have told you exactly the, the, the location of it. But I went and visited it. It's amazing. Uh, and there's a small, it was like a, a, a 90-pound Lithuanian man built this entire uh, city. I mean, I don't want to call it a city, but uh, basically his entire home out of two-ton coral blocks all by himself. And the stories, it was on In Search Of when I first saw it with Leonard Nimoy, and it just fascinated me. No one knows how he did it. And when they'd ask him, uh, well, first of all, he would build at night so no one could see him. He moved it at one point. He actually got mugged and robbed, and he forced him to move the entire, um, you know, and this is not, I mean, we're not talking about like a little fortress. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, a good acre of land, I mean, not an acre, but a half an acre of, of land that he built this entire walled structure of two-ton coral blocks. I mean, some of the symmetry and some of the physics behind what he did, he had a door that would revolve around. You could, you could tap it with your thumb, and it would spin 360. I mean, it's amazing, really an amazing feat of mankind. And so when Ancient Aliens lost me was when they actually introduced Coral Castle and said, well, David Tildress, maybe extraterrestrials communicated with him and taught him how to do this. Because his answer was, when they would ask him was, he's like, I know how they built the pyramids. And he would say that on record. I know how they built the pyramids and anyone can do what I can do. Um, if they had this knowledge, and that was his answer to everything, and of course, ancient aliens is like, well, he's he's, he's gonna be talking to extraterrestrials, and I'm like, no, no, like he did not talk to extraterrestrials. So, go uh, Homestead, Florida. That was it. Go check it out. Carl Castle is incredible. All right, great show. Game of Thrones incredible we got the season finale coming up on sunday hit me up with your thoughts on it uh you can go to my facebook page slash secrets of the sire you can check out our kickstarter facebook.com slash plan 10 the number 10 from outer space 
next week, we're going to welcome Boom Studios on. It's going to be amazing. We're going to start our San Diego Comic-Con preview. We've got about three to four weeks till we go to San Diego. And I will be broadcasting live July 20th from San Diego Comic-Con. So it's been another great episode of Secrets of the Sire. I'll see you next week. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you concerned about epilepsy, autism, or diabetes? Are you interested in alternative treatments, the impact of health, or new therapies? Then tune into my show, Frank About Health. I'm Frank Harrison, the host. Tune in on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc, where you learn more about these illnesses, treatments, the social impacts, and create a dialogue with each other. That's Frank About Health, Thursdays, 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.